Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking with Andrea, and she just ran the Tokyo Marathon in three hours and nine minutes. So the big question is this, how are runners like us, who don't like hearing doctors say, just stop running, who know that we simply have to stay active, how do we heal in a way that lets us stay strong, maintain our running fitness, and keep preparing for the next race, and still heal without making the injury worse? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Christopher Segler, and welcome to the Doc on the Run podcast. I know for most people, they're going to think, wow, that's really fast. That's pretty impressive. But what's really impressive is that she actually did it with a calcaneal stress fracture. And in case you don't know what that is, the calcaneus is a fancy word for heel bone. And so she actually got a stress fracture in her heel bone. She was told she couldn't run. She did a whole bunch of stuff to figure out how that she could run. And she went to Tokyo and finished the sixth of the world major marathons. So we're fortunate enough to have her here. I think her her story is going to be really helpful to any of you that have an injury, you're told you can't run, or you think you can't run, but instead of thinking whether or not you can run, you should be thinking about how you can run. And she has been really um, generous with her time to come here and actually share her story with all of us. So uh, Andrea, thanks for being here today. Really grateful you could be on the on the show and come to share your story. Thank you, Chris. Very happy to be here and share my story. All right. So now let's just get right into it. So obviously, um, as I mentioned in the intro, you were doing Tokyo recently as the last of the six major world marathons, right? So mm-hmm. um, just by by that description we know you've been running a long time but how long have you been running when did you start running i started in 2013 wow okay so you've been running for 10 years yeah right? and that's great and so um when was your first marathon like what was you know what race did you do um 2015 i was living in raleigh north carolina i did the tobacco uh tobacco road uh marathon Okay. And so why did you decide to start running marathons? Like what was the, the, your sort of uh, motivation for that? Uh, so in 2013, I was just playing around the idea of what, what running was. So I started like easy six, eight miles. And then when I got to rally, I didn't really know a lot of people. Uh, so I noticed that it was a huge running community in North Carolina. I was like, well, this can be a good way to meet people. And uh, so I started joining uh, running groups and they told me like, hey, I think you have some potential here. You should think about it. And then I signed up for a marathon because just uh, that's my nature. I was like, let's do it. Why not? I, I take big challenges. And uh, but yeah, the first marathon was definitely a pain fest. Uh, definitely everything that you should not do for a marathon. I did that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so after that marathon, I was like, actually, like there is room for improvement. And I signed up for the second marathon and it's just, it goes downhill from there. You know, it's like, uh, getting a tattoo, you get one and maybe you get another one and then you, you don't even know how many you have. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so during all that time, during this 10 year period from when you, you know, kind of started learning about, you know, marathons, you make some mistakes, which of course we all do. We all make mistakes when we first do marathons and you know you're nervous and you always think there's some secret 
weapon or something. So you change something at the last minute, all kinds of things that can be mistakes. But obviously you continue to improve and continue to do marathons. And I'm curious if during that 10 year period, basically prior to this recent injury, did you ever have any overtraining injuries? Did you get any other injuries in the past? Yeah, definitely. Uh, my biggest injury to date has been I ruptured my hamstring uh, just last year, and that took a while to heal. Um, I came back a little bit too early. It kind of re-injured. So, yeah, I, I've been learning a lot about hamstrings and how important they are, how tricky they are. So, uh, yeah, just the body uh, is a full chain and everything is connected. Uh, but, yeah, that one got completely healed. And then uh, the calcaneus stress fracture, which we'll get into in a little bit, um, appeared. Um, so, yeah, just it's the nature of athletes. We get injured. Um, that's what we like. We, we push our bodies to the limit. So we need to be very mentally strong and be willing to kind of learn how to treat those injuries. But the most important thing, never to give up on running just because you get injured. Um, it's natural to get injured. Um, definitely can do some stuff to prevent it, but uh, be willing uh, and be okay with the fact uh, that if an injury happens, how to deal with it. Yeah, no, that's great. So, all right. So you mentioned something interesting though, that you got a hamstring injury and you felt like you came back too fast from that. And when you, when you say you came back too fast after that injury, what do you mean? Did you just resume too much volume in your training or did you start running sooner than you maybe should have? Or if you went back, what would you do differently? Um, so if, um, if I were to do things differently, I will just like stop completely, stop running um, because it was ruptured. Uh, so so in that when it when it's ruptured, uh, I do think it needs complete rest, and I I didn't give it that rest. I I I was like I was running less than I was uh, than than when I was healed, but I was still running. So um, maybe doing things differently, I will I I will just like stop and do maybe cross training, like just just do uh, aqua jogging or just do uh, some cycling or the two the two of them. But um, when when you have a ruptured hamstring, um, I think running should take a back burner uh, and just focus on cross training. And I didn't do that. Uh, so so when uh, like I. I ran because it felt better, uh, but I still felt like a little bit of a sting there. And if you feel like, and and as runners, we can we can get to know our bodies better, and we know when it's a pain of soreness and when it's a pain that actually just hurts because it's injured. And I and I felt and I felt that. So when you feel that, um, just kind of be smart about it and I wasn't so so yeah so but that 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 helped me be smart about this uh, calcaneus injury because I knew the difference between the pains and I knew that this was an injury pain so that helped me um um be be smart about it and actually yeah I was able to complete a marathon because I was smart in treating it correctly yeah, that's great. So it's not about the timeline. It's about how it feels more than anything else. And literally every single day, I get questions from runners who will say, I have, you know, some specific injury. It could be a stress fracture. It could be a tendonitis thing. It could be any kind of injury. And they'll say, how long? I say, I don't know. 
And yeah. they get very frustrated by that. So it's not just a specific timeline because you're a runner. It's a specific timeline because of the way your body's responding to it. And you have to listen to that. Absolutely. So, um, but and, it's and, good and, that, you know, you can survive that. Yeah, no. And with that, you're absolutely right. And the conventional doctor will tell you, oh, no, you have to stop for six weeks, period. Uh, but no, I mean, y- you know your body and like uh, and you know when it's healed and when it's not. So, for example, f- with my hamstring, I knew there was something. So for, for me, it literally took me a full year to heal this hamstring injury because I, I kept coming back and and yes and no and no and yes. But I knew that there was that little pain. So if you know your body, so it took me a year, but it may take another person four months because that one person was smarter than I was. So it, it, I, I mean, there is no one time period. It's how you feel and and you know, like in your gut that you're not completely healed or you know that you are. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, you, you said that six weeks number, and that's a, a number that's often thrown around by doctors. and. Yeah. When I lecture on stress fractures at medical conferences, I have a slide in my talk that actually has a quote from a large meta-analysis, a huge study of stress fractures in runners. And it said that the average return to sport time, the time they actually returned to running, ranged from four to 52 weeks. That's a month to a year. And yet doctors want to say, well, just take six weeks off. So if you take if you use that number, you know that for the people that could be healed in four weeks, six weeks is too long. And for the people that would take 52 weeks, six weeks is way too short. So it's a little absurd that, I mean, and I understand why we want it. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen. Um, and it's really, you know, hard to just wait and see when you're a runner and you have a thing like the Tokyo Marathon on the calendar, you know, where it's an expensive trip, you've, you have to, obviously it's a big ordeal to get there. It's hard to get into the race anyway, but you had that planned, right? So this was the, the Tokyo was the last of the six major marathons. And so for the people, because I was actually uh, just, uh, I guess a week ago or so, I was lecturing at a medical conference and I mentioned your case and was explaining, you know, that, that like that day you were going to go run the Tokyo marathon with a calcaneal stress fracture. And somebody in the audience asked me, you know, what are the chances she is not going to do well? And I said, I bet you a million dollars she finishes and she doesn't break (laughs) it. And, um, but that's because we had a lot of discussions about it. It doesn't mean that you can go run just because I said that you, you could, you know, right. So for people listening, that is not advice to go run without figuring out what's going on. That's different. Um, But what was interesting to me is that lots of doctors in the audience had actually no idea what the six world major marathons were. So why don't you, uh, you know, for those of us listening who don't know what that is, why don't you go ahead and just explain what the six majors is? Okay. Uh, It's a like it's a point-based competition known as the Abbott World Major Marathons. Where you have uh, where you have to complete the six biggest majors of the world, um, and there are different ways to get into this competition. You can either qualify for time, or you can do it through charity, or uh, you can enter the lottery, or actually a travel agency will get you uh, your your bib and your package. So basically, uh, you like you complete these six major marathons, and the majors are Berlin. Tokyo, London, Boston, Chicago, and New York. 
there is no time period for you to complete them. Any time that you complete one of the majors, it adds up on your profile, on your Abbott profile. And once you complete the six uh, majors, you get a big, big medal with the six majors. And it's a big it's a big accomplishment. Um, and um, yeah, there, there are people who take years to do it, but um, but the fact that you do it is just it's just uh, it's just a great experience, and you get to travel the world in uh, and and get to see all these amazing places uh, uh, just by running. So it's a it's a great accomplishment. Okay, so now you had done all five of them, all of them except for Tokyo up until recently. So right, all of that was going well. You've done yes. five out of six, and then. Shortly before this, just a few weeks before you started having pain, what happened? Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, about three weeks from the race, I was doing my show, um, an easy run on Saturday, and I felt like a weird pain in my heel. Um, and I had a long run next day, Sunday. So uh, once I got home, I iced it. Um, I didn't really pay much close attention to it but next day as I was going to go on my long run as soon as I woke up I couldn't put any weight on my on my foot I was like oh this is not good so uh, I actually did not do the long run um, but I I first thought it was uh, uh, plantar fasciitis because my plantar was hurting so I I, I didn't pay much close attention to it. Like, oh, okay. So I kind of treated it as plantar fasciitis at first. Okay. So for everybody listening, plantar fasciitis is the most common condition that affects not only runners, everybody. Uh, and the plantar fascia is a huge ligament on the bottom of your foot. It attaches to the heel. And because it attaches to the heel, sometimes people that get a calcaneal stress fracture will think they have plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis is actually... Uh, makes up 40% of all visits to podiatrists in the United States. That's almost half. So it's very, very common. But because of that, unfortunately, when you start having heel pain, if you just do a search online, you'll almost always find most of what you find is about plantar fasciitis. And so I actually wrote the book on runner's heel pain, uh, explaining self-diagnosis and self-treatment. But this is the the whole point of the book is to explain what these other conditions are and how you can tell the difference. But the first thing is as soon as Andrea told me, well, I couldn't walk, you know, I couldn't bear weight. That's never plantar fasciitis. That is always something different, but there's so much information about plantar fasciitis. It's really easy to think that, well, this is just a bad case of plantar fasciitis or something. Um, so, so you kind of, you couldn't really walk around, you were having pain. And um, then what did you decide to do? Because obviously you're not going to be able to go for your long run. You couldn't even walk, right? So right. what did, what was your, what, what did you do right away? So right away, I treated it as a, a plantar fasciitis because um, that's kind of all I knew to do. So I did all the things. So like I roll my food on the on the um um iced iced um water bottle. I went to town on it. And now looking back, <laughs> I was rolling on a broken foot on a broken uh bone. Um, I I visited my PT and uh she did dry needling on my plantar. So the the, the pain kind of. Uh, went away for a little bit. I was like, okay, great. It's plantar fasciitis. I just, you know, I, I take a little bit of time off. It's not that bad. 
um, and and I will call it a day. But then the pain, the pain continues. And I was like, this is weird. And it will like move. It will it will change spots. So I was like, well, now it's not plantar. Like now I don't feel it in my plantar. I feel like kind of in my heel. And I and it was when I kind of like touched both heels and I actually accidentally did this quiz test and I felt the pain like really sharp very weird in both of my uh when I when I pressed both sides of my heel and I started googling which is not very good to do because google tells you like you're gonna die tomorrow uh but I did I did find one video that said this quiz test calcaneus stress fracture I was like huh and then that's when I decided to go to the doctor and the doctor said, we have to get an MRI. And that's when um, I realized that there was a stress fracture. The, 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 the MRI said, you have a five millimeter, five, mil five millimeter stress fracture. And I was like, there is no way. Okay. So, um, when you, yeah. So when was that? How close to the Tokyo Marathon was that MRI where you were told you have this five millimeter crack in the bone? That was... Uh, two weeks and a half before the race and okay. I, was, I was devastated i was like there is yeah. there is no way there is no yeah, way no <laughs> so what did your doctor say so the doctor that did the mri looked at your mri right. uh and was you know two and a half weeks before the tokyo marathon exactly. and right. what did the doctor tell you so he called me right away because he got the results from the radiologist so i don't not think he actually saw the pictures he just read the report so i mean uh it wasn't very detailed uh what he kind of like looked into he just read the report and he called me you have a stress fracture sorry to to tell you this but you cannot run the marathon on a stress fracture there there is just no way um go ahead and get a blood test to see your uh your uh, calcium levels and then we go from there we hang up and I just, I cried. I was like, what, what? <laughs> um, so then I told my husband this and my husband actually was like, no, 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 no. We have to find a way. Uh, there, there has to be, a, so you have to run this race. And that's when we stumbled upon your article um, about the calcaneus stress fracture, uh, talking about uh, an anecdote of a person who actually was able to run, um, um, I think it was the... Uh, um the uh uh the uh this race the, the ultra uh, an ultra race uh she was able to do it uh and that's when i decided to schedule a call with you online okay so so tell why don't you try to explain this i mean i know that it's a lot of times doctors don't understand this right like because if you say uh, I've had I've had lots and lots of people who signed up for Ironman races, which typically sell out a year in advance. Mm -hmm. And you train for a whole year in many cases. And so when somebody has an injury before an Ironman, it's really common that they'll go in to see the doctor and the doctor doesn't really understand the significance of that. And they say, well, just, you know, sign up for another one. Well, you can't just sign up for another one unless you yeah. sign up for one a year away. And so they, they end up calling me because they, they know that they're not going to be able to just skip the race. They don't want to skip the race. They don't want to lose a year's worth of training. And when marathons, I've heard it from people who say, well, but there's a marathon someplace every weekend that you can get into. You could go to, you know, some uh, like rural place in, you know, 
Ohio or Alabama or somewhere and probably still get into a race at last minute. So what's the big deal? Absolutely. So to explain the significance of this particular race for you, for Tokyo. So what was going on? Were you, was it just you and your husband or, you know, how long in advance did you schedule your, your flights and you book your hotels and all that sort of stuff? Like what was all going into this race for you? Yeah, so Tokyo was very important to me because first uh, I was supposed to do it in 2020 and it got canceled because of COVID and it got canceled again because of COVID. And like, so it got pushed to 2023. So I've been waiting to do Tokyo for three years already. So that's uh, factor number one. Factor number two, we we already had, I mean, to plan a, a trip to Tokyo, you have to have everything ready way, way, way in advance. So we already had the tickets. We already had even uh, the reservation for our post-marathon celebratory meal. Like we had all, all these things in our heads and like we were going to Kyoto and Osaka and this and that. I was like, so it's like a big time commitment, financial uh, uh, commitment, like everything. And and the doctor said, like, actually, like, Tokyo is always there. You can always come back. It's like, no, 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 no. You do not understand. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in a year. Like, we have all this plan already. And not only a trip, but the training. I mean, like... I, I've been training for Tokyo and, and you're going to tell me I cannot run it three, two, two weeks and a half before the race. Like I, for an athlete, that's, that's just heartbreaking, you know? And, and, and it, that's why it's so important for people hearing this and understanding, like it's important for you to get an opinion from someone who not only is like a very big and recognized ankle and foot surgeon, but is also an athlete because you've also done many, many Ironmans. You've, you've been to Kona, like, you know, you've lived what it's, what it's to be an athlete, right? So like, it's important for people to kind of, if you're an athlete, to get an athlete-like uh, uh, recommendation because, uh, we are people who are wired different. Like we, we, we like to be challenged. We like to have certain items to follow. And you, like you tell us, okay, this is doable, but do A, B, and C to get there. Not just like tell us, hey, just relax and lay on the couch and watch TV. Like that's, that might sound fun to a, nor a normal person, but that is terrible to hear. That, that's terrible for us to hear. Like we can all lay on the couch and watch TV. Like we just can't do that. <laughs> oh, it's it's terrible, right? So yeah, yeah, but that is the normal advice. And uh, you know, I always tell doctors at conferences, it is not my job to tell a runner to go swim or to sit on the couch. It is my job to figure out what their goal is and help them help them accomplish it. Mm -hmm. So when we got on the, you know, a webcam call, obviously the first thing we started talking about is what is your goal? And then trying to figure out, you know, work through whether or not you could actually run. And so what was, what was different? So, I mean, obviously we didn't just get on the call and say, okay, here's your MRI. Let's look at your MRI. Sure. Go ahead and run. Right. Um, the advice was different, obviously, in that you, I was trying to figure out how you could run, but why don't you talk us through like what was really different between the doctor who looked at your MRI report and said, don't run versus what we did on the call? Like what, what, what was your memory of that? So the, the, my memory, when I talked to you, uh, 
it was just like an eye-opening experience and you gave me hope and it's so such different talk from uh the one that we had together from the one that I've had with many many regular doctors because as I said before you gave me specific items to follow specific uh steps to get there and I like that being an athlete like you want like a structure and again like you didn't tell me oh okay yeah do it you can you can you definitely can run an astral structure no and from people listening it depends like it depends on your case your specific fracture like the the advice might be different but again like if you talk to someone who can give you alternatives, who can give you options in a safe way, that's that's the way to do it. So you you gave me specific things to do. And one of them being like, hey, you re really need to be very diligent on this. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun, but you have to follow them in, in order to run the race. And one of them being, you have to go on crutches like right away. Like, so I literally went to CVS and got crutches. For three weeks straight, wear crutches. Do not wear, do not bear any any weight on your food. Uh, do contrast baths, so like ice and hot and ice and hot uh, on your on your food. Um, compression socks. Uh, pain journal was super important. I didn't even know what a pain pain journal was. So it's just like recording. Uh, the pain and what 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 you're doing that that um, alters the pain and all of that. So little items, little annoying things <laughs> uh, to do, but you have to. And and again, knowing my history of treating injuries, again my my um, my hamstring injury that I was not as smart. I was like, okay, this time, Andrea, if you want to run the marathon, you better listen to listen to Chris. Because you have to get to the start line uh, healthy enough to just do it or at least just walk it. Um, so, so yeah, so I had, I, I, I did all the things. I did not put any weight on my food up until the race. So it was kind of nerve wracking, not knowing, so am I going to feel any pain when I put my food on the ground on the start line? I was like, because it, I mean, I, I, I had no idea if it worked or not. But clearly, everything that you told me did work uh, because I did the, I did the race. <laughs> yeah. So you did all the stuff right. And so for everybody listening here, you have to realize that the big piece here is not that, you know, I mean, obviously, Andrea's husband said, no, we're going to get another opinion. We're going to see if there's a way. There's got to be a way. We're going to figure out what that way is if there is one. So she had, number one, she had her husband on her team really helping her try to figure out the right process. And then she actually did all the stuff we talked about. So we did not just get on a call and decide, yes, run, no, don't run. It was like, well, you know, you have a couple of choices. And in my mind, every time I get on one of these calls, I say, I think basically you can run. The answer cannot run. Well, you can run if you can do one of two things. You can run if number one, you can live with making that injury worse because you ran. That's one option. Now, Andrea's previous doctor said you can't run on it. If you run it, it's like a, an egg. It will, the heel bone is like an egg and it will explode like a broken an egg dropped on the sidewalk. And that's true. So her doctor that she spoke with originally that did the MRI was giving her the correct advice in that. That is true. If you run, it is a catastrophic injury if you actually break it. So you can't really live with making that injury worse. So that's option number one. Can you live with making it worse? And in some injuries, 
it's really not going to make it that much worse and it's not going to mess you up permanently. So it doesn't matter. But if, if you can't do number one, just ignore it and live with it getting worse. Option number two is how do you reduce the stress and strain enough that you can actually run without making it worse? And many cases you can do that, but you have to do a lot of very specific stuff. And in my experience, the hard part is not using the crutches or doing the contrast bath routine or using compression socks or any of the other things that actually helped along this journey to Tokyo. It's really the mental piece because we always, you know, after doing a lot of marathons, you have this very clear routine. Like I have actually, I've shared with some of my friends, I actually have a three page long checklist for Ironman races that actually have from three days before the event, two days before the event, one day before the event, the morning of the event, the day after the event, everything that I do literally in order at the time that I do them, that I have perfected over many years of doing Ironman races. And I'm really stuck on that routine. And mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law one time when we we're he, he was doing a race and he started asking me questions and I, I would literally all day long, he would ask me a question. I would say, Look at the list. Look at the list. I don't do anything other than what's on that list. You can do whatever you want, but if you want my plan, my plan is on the list. Look at the list. Now, when you're injured, this is a real problem because your brain thinks, but I'm supposed to be tapering. And part of my taper is that I do these shorter runs that I, the morning of the race, I go and do a short run to warm up. And you start thinking, I can't finish my race if I don't do these things that are part of my normal routine. So it's really, really hard to set that aside and have confidence in this approach that you've actually never done before that does not fit with anything that you know about running marathons because you're trusting that that plan's going to work. So, I mean, was that hard for you to actually do all these little things? Yeah, Chris, that's a great point. And that's the hardest part, the mental portion of it, just laying, like just laying on the couch, doing the contrast baths and like wearing crutches everywhere in the house. Uh, while I see my friends who are doing Tokyo also doing all these 20 milers and like all these like uh, 15 and crush my run and crush my track workout. I'm like, oh my God, no, I am just sitting here, not using my left leg at all. Uh, and, and something that I've never like, that is not the way I prepare for a marathon. Like I, like I, it was such out of my comfort zone and I was going to Tokyo. I didn't even know how the race was going to be. And the the one thing that really like was challenging for me was like my, my left leg was, um, was completely like, was kind of dead uh, because I I was not using it but but I was healthy I was my my I was healthy enough to actually run the race so it was like a mental mental battle to get there and like to trust in the ability of the body uh, that 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 he that my body could do the race uh, if if I'm healthy enough and that's what's so important that I want people to understand if you are quote unquote, under trained, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're healthy enough to do it. So like, if you're, if you're, if you're injured, yeah, maybe just like, forget about the PR, forget about PR meetings, a personal best, forget, forget about having the best time you've ever had in your race. If you're injured, just, just 
be be okay and be uh, have have some grace and, and and be okay with yourself just treat yourself as an injured runner who are who is trying to complete a race uh so you're you were not going to run it in the first place because the first doctor told you you're you were not going to do it so just forget about the pr and just get to the race healthy and whatever time you get it's great. I mean, it's it's better than than the option A, not even doing the race. So 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 the fact that you get to the race healthy, that's the most important piece. So no no matter no matter um, don't compare yourself about what other people are doing. Don't 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 get flustered that this is not the way I I do a marathon. No, treat this marathon or this race as hey a challenge uh, for me to kind of prove to myself that I can do this um, even though I didn't train the way I I use usually train. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, and it is. It is the mental piece. It is, you know, ignoring your training plan. It's ignoring your friends who are doing the runs that you think you should be doing. And, you know, there's a, a, there's a woman I often talk about when I'm trying to help somebody like you who was doing a, a, an Ironman and she had a stress fracture and literally every day for a month, she would call me and she would say, it was literally every single day. She would say, well, but my coach had this on my calendar and I'm worried about running on a cold foot. And I would just say, you have two choices. You can run on a cold foot and do the Ironman, or you can run on a broken foot. Which one do you think is going to be better? Exactly. And, and I, it was crazy that we had that talk literally every single day. Um, but it, it tells you how hard it is to set all of that aside and then show up on race day and, you know, and realize that you haven't done all these things. You've always told yourself you had to do to do the race, but exactly. you did. So then you get to Tokyo and it's race day. So tell us about race day in Tokyo. What was that like? Uh, so it was, um, it was so um, amazing. Uh, just seeing all the runners, uh, just looking around you and realizing, oh my God, I am in Tokyo. I'm doing the Tokyo Marathon. Uh, so it was just like, so uh, I, I was just grateful to be there. So I think that really helped with the endorphins and, and everything. It was very scary to me, as I said, to put my foot on the ground after three weeks of not putting it on the ground. I was like, oh my God, I pray that that it doesn't hurt. And when I put it on the on the floor, I was like, oh my God, I don't feel it. I I, I mean I, I it doesn't hurt. Uh, so I was like maybe because my plan was to like even walk the marathon to to be able to finish it. I actually looked up the uh the coding time. I was like, I have seven hours <laughs> to do this race. So I, I better kind of walk fast. But when I when I realized that I could put weight on it, I started running at one mile. I was like, huh, not 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 hurting two miles, not hurting. Okay, let's keep doing this until it starts hurting. And if it does, I slow down. And, and But I, again, every single thing that I did helped me get there. So, um, so yeah, so just, just being there, just realizing that, that it, it worked, 
it wasn't going to be my 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 um my fastest time because again I I I hadn't used my left leg in three weeks. It was completely dead. Uh, it was like a spaghetti trying to run. I was like, but just accept it. Uh, I'm I'm doing this race injured. Uh, I'm 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 doing it on a stress fracture. Just be so thankful that you're doing it. Uh, so so yeah, it was just a a very very happy experience. And again, uh, I I kept. I kept thanking you in my head. I was like, "Oh my God, seriously, I'm I'm doing this race because I actually uh, was willing to get a second opinion, and I actually was willing to do the um, the 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 tedious work of, of all these little steps." Uh, but that's why that's what's so important. And again, like uh, I didn't I didn't do the runs that my friends were doing, but I did what I needed to do in my case to be able to run the race. So they were doing what they needed to do to run the race. I was doing what I needed to do to run my race. There you go. And that's really the key. So, all right. So you kind of didn't know if you're going to walk it. You didn't know if you're going to run it. And what was your finish time? It was at 3.09. So I was over the moon i was like oh this is incredible i I mean it went from not doing the race to do it under seven hours to do it under uh, at 309 i was like this is amazing i mean i couldn't believe it (laughs) okay so for people who don't really follow marathons all that closely um most people are aware that you can qualify if you run fast enough if you run a boston qualifying time you can qualify for the boston marathon which is a huge thing in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. So how fast do you have to run in your age group to qualify for the Boston Marathon? Uh, 3.25. Okay, so- Yeah, on age and gender. Right, right. For me, yeah, 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 3.25. So 3.25 for you. And you actually, with a calcaneal stress fracture, ran 3.09, which is significantly faster than a Boston qualifying time with a calcaneal stress fracture. So- what did you, you know, what was your memory of crossing the finish line when you see your time of 309 in Tokyo? I I just I cried. I was like, I, I cannot, I cannot believe this. I, and and what I what I remember is like I was first of all thank thankful to you again and to our conversation and to everything I did um to 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 get there, but I was just in awe of our body's ability to heal and I and our body not just to heal but to endure it's 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 so and as an injured runner it's very scary to run on our on on a stress fracture you're like I don't know if I'm gonna break it Uh, because all these doctors are like oh my god you cannot run you cannot do it you're gonna break your heel so you're running you're thinking about this and like oh my god i i really hope i'm not breaking my foot so like just like mentally is very very scary uh but the body will the body will show you that uh i mean he, the body's abilities to heal and the body the, the the ability for it to endure um you just have to be very mentally strong because the body will show up for you. And it, it's in, incredible what you can do. Um, you don't even have to train too hard. Like just, just be healthy enough to show up and your body will, will do the rest. It's, it's crazy. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Andrea, thank you so much. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing your story. I mean, it is truly amazing. And you make so many good points about how, you know, you really just got to trust your body and realize that your body 
actually can do amazing things. And, you know, we all know that, that if we put in the work and we put in the training, we're going to do amazing things. But when you're told you have to do the opposite and not do something that you're used to doing so that you can do something amazing, it's really hard, but you figured out that mental piece and made it through Tokyo. And let's see, do you have your uh, medal from the, uh, the majors? Absolutely. Let me show you guys. So these are the six <laughs> majors and you can see each one of them. Uh, and that's how you get your, your six finisher. And then this is the Tokyo, the Tokyo medal. So we got it. Despite oh, all of us, I have it in my hands. <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, Chris, right. I do want to, I do want to first thank you for this space because I think that, uh, a lot of people need to know that there is a way uh, and if if they get the right um resources and if they if they get the right advice um they can accomplish uh their goals uh there is always if it's important to you you can always always find a way but thank you uh for educating the medical community uh i think it's very important to to know how to treat athletes different uh because we we're wired different our bodies are different um and it's it's not one size fits all uh is is very personalized and i thank you for creating that space for for creating awareness and educating the uh the doctor community and and athletes themselves um to be able to to do what we want to do and, and to not give up on our goals. So yeah, thank you so much for opening this space for me to share my story because I know that some someone out there hearing this is injured right now. So so if if that's your case, if you're injured, um yeah, just just know that there is a way and 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 thank you for your help. Yeah, my pleasure. And there is a way. There's always a way. You just have to find out what the right way is for you. And everybody's yeah. different. Exactly. All right, Andrea. So how do we follow you on social media? How do people reach out to you? Where Where do you hang out? And I am on Instagram. You can follow me at runfast underscore kick ass. Runfastkickass. That's my Instagram. You can follow me. Uh, I have all the uh, six major uh, journey right there. Um, and yeah, um, I will see you there. All right. That sounds great. So we'll put all those links in the show notes at docontherun.com under the podcast tab for this particular episode. Uh, so we'll have those links there as well. Uh, but again, Andrea, thank you so much. Congratulations on completing the six world majors. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story with all our listeners. No, and thank you for helping me get there. <laughs> Listen, no matter where you are in your running injury recovery journey, if you feel stuck, if you're losing your running fitness, if you're confused about what to do next, I created something for you that can really help if you're recovering from an injury and you don't want to get left behind. Take the running injury quiz to figure out exactly what's needed to speed up your running injury recovery right now. It's free. You can go get it at docontherun.com quiz. So go check it out and I'll see you there.